0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Drop Zone. I'm Dylan DeChair. Sitting in the host chair this week, Sean Zock is home in Wisconsin, uh, which means that I get to run the show. And the way I decided to do that this week was by employing a couple of our senior writers, Michael Bamberger and Alan Shipnuck. So I gave each of them a call to break down what turned out to be a wildly entertaining President's Cup. Uh, Shippy was on his way to the airport, Bamberger at his home in Philadelphia, and I just talked to them for a while, breaking down you know, what we made of Tiger, the player captain, what we made of the U.S. team, the international side, and of course, uh, Patrick Reed. I hope you enjoy the conversations as much as I did. And of course, let us know what you think. We'd love to get a five-star rating. We'd love to get a review. Uh, but enjoy the conversations with Alan and Michael. All right, joining me on the line is Alan Shipnick. Shippy, you uh, you've gotten to know this part of the world a little bit. That they were just playing the Presidents Cup in. You were just on a big trip. You weren't actually on site, but uh, still, I know you were watching intently from home. What a Presidents Cup!
1: Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, it was memorable. And you know, my choice came down to: do I want to go to Australia and play all these golf courses, or do I want to go into the Presidents Cup and and watch other people play them? That was an easy choice. So I have no regrets on um, on um, skipping the Presidents Cup in favor of the greatest golf trip of all time, but um, yeah, it was, it was a terrific president's cup. We needed the international team to come strong and make it a competition and, and add some suspense. As soon as singles started, you kind of got the feel that the U S was going to win, but at least we, we had that feeling on day four, not day two, like last time around. I mean, it was, it was quite a, um, a spirited effort from a very likable international team. And, Obviously, Royal Melbourne was was a bit of a uh, you know a star. Uh, actually, probably was the star of the entire thing along along with Tiger. So, uh, I think between the 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 young scrappy internationals like Sung Jae and Abraham Anser and um, you know folks we kind of fell in love with this week with Tiger's stellar play with with the incredible setting of of Royal Melbourne uh, with the Patrick Reed controversy and then. Uh, A lot of fun momentum changes throughout the week. I mean, it was was about as good as you can hope for, short of the internationals actually winning, but that might have been too big of an ask.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you had told me, you know, a week ago, oh, the U.S. won the President's Cup, it would have yawned generally in your direction, but it it, kind of worked out perfectly the way it played out. They upped the degree of difficulty for themselves by playing so poorly the first couple days. Um, they kind of handicapped themselves. Maybe that maybe they should always start like three or four points down.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad idea. But um, you know, we'll see. It, Ernie Ells' top secret Moneyball approach to the pairings. Maybe there's something to that. Um, and and that they can carry some of that success forward. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, but- so you filed a uh, you filed a report card for Golf.com. Right on deadline, actually, I will say maybe you were motivated by wanting to go to bed, but um, <laughs> I want to just run through a few of your grades, and let's start with the good stuff actually so Tiger woods the player received your top grade, you gave him an a plus what was it like watching Tiger this weekend uh
1: it was just it was so satisfying it was it was it was, it was an artistic it was an artistic triumph, you know it was it it was the kind of golf that only a handful of players who have ever walked the earth could summon on a course like that. I mean, the precision, the creativity, the, the total control of the golf ball, just the, the utter mastery. It was, it was just so um, pleasing and so satisfying. I mean, it's just the way that golf course was meant to be played and and Tiger hit every shot. I mean, he was shaping the ball high and low and bending it in both directions. And he was using the curves, of the greens and the slopes and the swales and the humps and the hollows. It it was, it was just beautiful. I mean, it, it, it evoked, uh, you know, Hoy Lake and, and some of the really, you know, St. Andrews in 2000. I mean, some of the all time great tiger performances. And the only quibble is that he played, three matches instead of four or five but yeah. it's kind of like you know live fast die young leave a beautiful corpse like that I think that was Tiger's philosophy mm-hmm. this week he, he didn't overdo it he, he left us wanting more like like many of the great artists and so um
0: he did I mean you know it was, and 0, undefeated it was it was shocking when he didn't announce his name I thought although then in retrospect. It felt like oh you know the guy takes like four hours to warm up there's no way he can really captain the morning session and then really get ready to play in the afternoon but that was still a surprising call
1: yeah i mean you're right i think that he needed to play in the morning session just get up at 4 a.m like tiger loves to brag about Mm -hmm. and um get ready to play and just he's got all those vice captains and they can come out and talk to him i mean the real the real issue is if he's out there playing he can't monitor the morning competitors and if they're struggling who does he sit who's he bench but ultimately they needed points at that juncture and he was their best chance to get points as a player and he can still communicate with with his vice captain so i I wish you know it it was definitely it took some air out of the whole thing when when he sat himself for the entire Mm -hmm. you know for day three is really the the most interesting day at the Presidents Cup because you got the, the right. double sessions. For him to to sit himself was was a drag, but you know Tiger knows his body better than the rest of us clearly, and um to, to put himself out first and singled and set the tone against who was you know one of the, the two best international players this week in, in, right. in Abraham. So um you can't. He got the win. He went as a, he got the win as a captain. He went undefeated as a player. You can't really second guess it. It was just the, the golf fan and all of us just wanted more of it, but um, yeah. it, it worked. And, and Tiger pushed the right buttons when it came to Tiger.
0: Well, because he was putting such mastery on display those first couple days, or yeah, the first couple days, I guess, playing with Justin Thomas, he, he just looked so in control of his golf ball that course set up perfectly for his current phase of game. Which is, you know, he doesn't hit it a ton, but really he just gets in trouble if there's long, rough, maybe if it's cold and he has to fly the ball a long way. But this working the ball along the ground, I mean, it was great. It was just, it was a master class of of how to play golf
1: and old style golf. You know, that was, that was not bomb and gouge. That was, that was swing and think. It was, Mm -hmm. it was, um, it was just a totally different. And that's that's why it was such a revelation because we get used to watching the same kind of golf and the same guys and the same kind of courses. And it was just, it was just so different. And um, if, if they played, you know, if the masters would go cut the rough and, and take the trees out and uh, Tiger would be the favorite for the next 10 masters. Um, <laughs> and if, if, if more majors were played on, on more, designs and setups like this i mean he could he could win 25 yeah um, but you know real real narrow setups, the real long rough um at playing 7600 yards That that's not tiger's game anymore so um it was just it was kind of like turning back the clock you know this is this like watching Sevy in the 80s um it was, it was that that's kind of how how i felt you know when you watch those old the highlights of how Sevy navigated the the Lynx land, I mean, it was really, it kind of evoked that for me, and uh, it was it was just so much fun to watch.
0: And he capped it off with that incredible, uh, you know, walk-in. He was, he was shaking Abraham answer's hand by the time the ball actually went into the hole. I don't know if he ever <laughs> even got it out of the hole, but uh, that, it was pretty amazing. And it made me think, like, watching that, how crazy is this that so we're just sort of taking for granted that, oh, Tiger's going to go off first in singles. He's going to, you know, dismantle, answer i know it was he only won by a couple up but um the match never really felt in question Uh, it's just a a crazy place for him to be especially that he's captaining the whole thing that's
1: right And, and where he was two years ago i mean it's still
0: you know i know we talk about it a lot but we it's almost like you can't talk about it enough because it's so insane
1: exactly that's just what i was gonna
0: say i mean where he
1: was in 2015 with the chip yips and, um, shooting 85 Memorial and and gouging a foot of turf off the the first tee at the old course. And then, you know, the DUI in 2017. I mean, think of that, think of mugshot tiger Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: how, where he was in his life and his game, his his back was a mess, you know, he's telling people he was done. Uh, We believed him. I believed him. Yeah. Um, and the mountains he's climbed since then i mean it's not everest it's taller than that it's really (laughs) it's really unbelievable and uh what a joy it is for this this victory lap i mean every swing is precious because we don't know how long it's going to last um you know he's he's still a little fragile physically um as the recent knee surgery proved but i mean it's just such a gift to, to keep getting these these moments you know you thought the masters was the absolute pinnacle um but to watch him putt like he did in Japan when he won that tournament, I mean, that was, that was, that was circa 2000 putting. And then to watch him navigate this golf course, I mean, that was, that was the mid aughts ball striking. And um, so he just keeps turning back the clock. It's, it's really, it's flabbergasting what this guy is doing and uh, we're we're quite lucky to get to see it.
0: All right. Let's buzz through a couple other uh, of your grades really quick because I know, uh, you're on a little bit of a time crunch catching a flight for a golf magazine story over there. Justin Thomas, you gave him an A. and this is interesting because for uh, what was it 54 for th- about three and two thirds matches, Justin Thomas was having, you know the best week of anybody hands down, but then he loses his last three holes with Ricky Fowler on Saturday to uh, to slip into a tie and then loses a crucial, singles match on Sunday. You still gave him an A. What'd you think of JT this week? I mean, I was generous because they, the, the first, you know, two and a half sessions, the
1: U S was on the ropes and, and Justin Thomas in some ways, single-handedly kept him in the ball game. Um, it felt like at times, like he was, um, he was just a huge amount of energy to that team. And he had great vibes with Tiger, and you know Tiger certainly carried him on day one. But he was there a few times when it was needed, and I just felt like Thomas was was from a momentum standpoint, what he was doing um, was just was gigantic. Keep the U.S. in the ball game, and then he did kind of run out of gas. But eventually, you know, the 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 calorie arrived behind him, and so the, the singles loss was was a surprise, but. You know, he's one of the few US, U.S. guys to play five matches and yeah. um, they, they overcame that. I mean, maybe an A was generous, but, you know, to get three and a half points out of four partner play matches, you can't do much better than that. So um, yeah.
0: looking at this American team shy of Tiger, it was kind of strange. There's not a clear identity to the team. You know, Tiger being the captain really brought everything together, but, you know, beyond Justin Thomas, there, there's not a clear like heart and soul to this team, but he felt like he satisfied that requirement or filled that gap.
1: Partially, I think why I, I upped his grade was because he's just really emerged of, of all these young Americans. He's um, he's become the leader. You know, there's no Speed, obviously. There's no Kepka. Um, Dustin often looks disinterested at these team events. Yeah um I feel like like JT has clearly become the guy for the Americans yeah. um, between you know Paris and Royal Melbourne and so I'm I'm giving him credit for that too because like you say we, Tigers never been a great Ryder Cup player he's been amazing in the Presidents Cup but yeah. um you know who who's going to carry the flag forward you know Patrick Reed is now radioactive i mean uh, Phil is is riding off into the sunset i mean i think it's pretty clear that these american teams are now going to belong to Justin Thomas and um, those are big shoes to fill, but I-, I thought he really, he really came through when they needed him most.
0: Well, and he clearly loves it. And I think in some ways that's what we need as viewers and as, you know, interested parties watching the president's cup, you need these guys to be invested. JT obviously was, all right, let's switch over to the internationals. You gave out one a plus and that went to Sung Im who went three, Oh, and one. We still, you know, don't talk about this guy enough, but he's spectacular. Uh, what was your favorite part about watching Sungjae this weekend? Just
1: everything. I mean, he's, he's he's a great he's a great mix of old and new. You know, he he does he does smash shit, and he can he can really attack a golf course. But the guy just plays shots. You know, it's not with him. It's not paint by the numbers like um, you know some of these other young players. I mean, you. He just he just has a feel for the game and he has no weaknesses and it's just so satisfying. I could watch his little slow motion back backswing yeah. forever. It's probably my favorite swing in golf. I, I love his little smile when he does something uh, to help the team. Like he, he's just a very likable yeah. personality. And um, you know, I I did a story on sunjay for for Golf Magazine um, in LA Open. We went out to Korean barbecue in downtown la which was a blast and he was talking then like he said his biggest goal for the year more than winning majors or anything else was to get the president's cup and um you know to make a great showing for for korea and for their national team and so uh you know I, i i knew how much this meant to him and to see him come through like that when again the international team was also looking for an identity because they constantly are right they often are, yeah. I mean, we all love Adam Scott. He's a great gentleman, and he's got a terrific swing and all that. But he's never kind of been able to be the team leader that that they need. Um, you know, King Louis. Of course, we all love his golf swing, but he's such, he's so such an introvert. You know, he's got the resume and he's playing a bunch of these teams, but he wasn't. He's not really going to be their leader. Um, you know, the internationals were searching, and and Sanjay turned into their MVP, and he he took on that role. Um, and I thought he was charismatic and I thought, you know, he obviously delivered on, on the golf course. So mm-hmm. uh, it sets them up, you know, with the guys, what, 22 years old, he's, he's going to be there forever. So they, they kind of found a new cornerstone and that, that was big for the international.
0: All right. So you gave out a few other A's. You gave Patrick Cantlay an A minus, Ricky Fowler, A minus, Xander Shoffley gave a generous A minus. Uh, and then on the international side, obviously Abe answer impressed. He got an A, but let's buzz down to the bottom because well, let's start with poor Hao Tong Lee. It's hard to have a tougher week than Hao Tong Lee. Get, got impossibly benched the first two days, which never happens. There you know, there's only four guys total that sit and he was two of them. Um so you got to feel for Hao Tong. He got an F.
1: Well, I mean Ernie Ernie is the guy, right? He 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 made the judgment and I think it tells you all you need to know about how prepared and how motivated tong was that he, he got bent. And then when he had a chance to play, he got smashed twice. So it wasn't like he, 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 he didn't exactly have anyone pining for more tong. I mean, we thought when he, when he played, he was awful. So, um, I mean, it, it's tough, right? You get bent like that. It, it's going to dent your confidence. You feel a little out of it. And yeah, I mean, it just hurts your pride. So it's not easy to go out there and play after the captain just showed zero confidence in you, but, mm-hmm. um, you know he didn't he didn't
0: he didn't deliver. So. He did not. Well, maybe,
1: and, maybe it should have been a D minus. I don't
0: know. No, I'm no, sad. I know. I mean, I think that that's fair. Especially, you know, he he hit out of order. He, he was hitting balls backwards off trees. He, I mean, talking about, he had a tough week. In some ways, who sits in these things is just as interesting as what actually goes on. Uh, that, I mean, that's all the fun and the intrigue, right? Is who gets picked, who plays with who, who sits? Uh, Bryson DeChambeau got benched a bunch by his buddy Tiger. What did we make of that? That was interesting. I mean, you know,
1: Tiger is so discerning. And, like, for him to play Cantlay five times and and to keep, you know, give splinters in Bryson's booty, I mean, it kind of tells you how he assesses their games. But also also their personalities. I mean, Bryson is a very quirky dude, as we know. He does things a very unusual way. And I think that's okay in a tour event. But in the partner play – a little unsettling, and so, uh, yeah. I mean, some of it is is a repudiation of his game, but I think a lot of it is also just his approach and his personality. And I, Tiger likes him; he plays practice rounds with him. But I think, in his judgment, this guy was going to be hard hard to pair other players with, and that's the captain's job is to to render those those harsh judgments. And Tiger did.
0: I know. Well, that's what's interesting is that the it's the easiest default thing is to not make those. Difficult decisions, you know, not sit anyone two consecutive matches, uh, etc. But I guess Tiger did that with himself, but he he really did it with Bryson. You gave Bryson a C minus, and let's go to the bottom. I actually thought you were pretty charitable with your, uh, sometimes you're a tough grader. I feel like you gave everyone a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I think it was just because it was such a fun cup, you know, if, yeah. um,
1: Maybe I was just intoxicated by the uh, the good feelings of the um, <laughs> of the event, and perhaps when I was drinking while I was watching it. But no, it was uh, it was in the end, it was it was just a good show. So uh, you got to tip your caps to the competitors. I mean, they the they entertained us for four days, and um, so I guess maybe I, I was I was a little generous.
0: No, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, winning also takes care of everything, as we know. But Patrick Reed was the one guy we have to talk about. Patrick Reed. You gave him an F plus. He uh he was not good losing his first three matches alongside Webb Simpson. Uh he is caddy shoved someone, punched someone. Reports are still kind of coming in and no doubt getting buried along the way. I'm not sure we're going to get full transparency on this one. I mean, and then he he comes out and does Patrick Reed things. Goes what was he six up through seven holes on poor CT Pan yeah. on Sunday. So I mean, just a this was Patrick Reed in full this week. We got everything. I mean, where to even begin with this guy? What what his his future on the U.S. team? I mean, does this change things for Patrick Reed at all?
1: Well, Tiger went out on a limb to kind of rehabilitate Patrick Reed after all the messiness in Paris, and this is how Reed repays him. I mean, of course, when Tiger picked him, he couldn't have known that Reed was going to become embroiled in a cheating scandal the week before the Cup. But Tiger knew it was a risky choice. I mean, dysfunctional people make for bad teammates, period. And Reed is Mm -hmm. as dysfunctional as they get. And so um, it was just – it really put a cloud over the whole thing. I mean, it was just ugly Americanism at its worst. And the caddy – you made a good point on Twitter, actually. Like, if he was fearing for Reed's safety and he had to he had to shove a fan out of the way, then I think we would all understand that. But, you mm-hmm. know, Kessler's comments, well, I'd had enough of the heckling. Okay, <laughs> too bad. Like, you don't get to jump off a cart and bust yeah. somebody or whatever Whatever did, in fact, happen.
0: That was one of the most incredible statements I've ever read. It was like, you know, he came out, didn't apologize at all, said basically every other caddy would have done the same thing. But in the same statement was you know, basically self-incriminating that he just, he was just fed up. He had heard enough. Someone said something mean to Patrick Reed, which must happen all the time, especially at these events. So he just hauled off and I, I don't know if he hit him or shoved him or whatever, but I can't remember so much attention being on someone for a negative reason, anticipating that something bad was going to happen. And then that thing happening even worse. I mean, Brandle Shambley was saying at the start of the week that the U.S. team had made a deal with the devil when they brought Reed on, and, and things just descended from there. And the fact that he wasn't even winning team matches—that he he can't win without Jordan Spieth. He's o seven and o, I think, without Jordan Spieth in these team matches. I, I mean. The poor guy, it made you feel for Reed because things just piled on and on and on. Or maybe it didn't. I actually don't think most people did feel for Reed.
1: Yeah, I didn't really feel for Reed. I mean, it's just every time you want to extend some sympathy to him, it just gets worse. I mean, like that that shoveling gesture was just pathetic. You know, like he's just essentially taunting the entire game to say nothing of of the PJ tour who showed no backbone. I mean, it was a slap in the face of Tiger Woods, who showed a lot of confidence in him, and it was just that was it. That was that was embarrassing for him, for yeah. for the team, for the United States, for the game of golf. I mean, that, that was gross. And then, you know, the the caddies. Just however low your expectations are, Team Reed always somehow managed to exceed them. It's just it's incredible. And yeah. um, it was disputed. Well, he put his
0: teammates in a strange spot because you know, early in the week, especially everyone was answering questions about, oh, you know, was this cheating? Is this going to be a distraction? I-, I love that, by the way, that the questions of, is this going to be a distraction when it's like, that is the distraction is asking whether it's going to be a distraction, but the U S team really had to back him. Essentially. They had no real choice. Tiger had no real choice, but you can also see that Tiger and Reed are seem pretty tight. Tiger, you know, who has fended off more controversy
1: in his golf career than Tiger Woods? Nobody. Mm-hmm. So there's probably on some level he understands and read in a way that nobody else can, and he probably has some empathy because I mean Tiger's been, I not obviously a lot of it self-induced, but Tiger's had to deal with a lot of stuff in his career. So I think he he, he understands the chip on his shoulder. <laughs> I got a plane landing on my head at LAX there. Uh, but
0: oh um, god that's good for audio
1: but um you know i i think uh you know tiger's a contrarian he's an iconoclast and you could you could generously say the same things about um, about reed so uh there may be some affection but they were they were wedded by this this captain's pick As as you said tiger had to throw in with with reed's lot this week he had to go all in on reed because not only did he pick him but he needed him to deliver and and Tiger's a stubborn guy, so he's not going to pick him and bench him, which he should have. He just kept doubling down, doubling right. down, <laughs> doubling down. I mean, Tiger was a million dollars in the hole at the blackjack table, and he's still you know <laughs> pushing chips out there because he had to. He was Reed was his guy, right? And you know finally in, in singles he at least delivered some some pretty good golf, but um, it was it was messy and ugly. And um, how much how much better would we all feel if Brendan Todd had been the – the captain's choice right you know i mean we were all we were calling for it in real time mm-hmm. that that's my biggest complaint with tiger is, is, a, is the captain is he didn't he didn't need to take Reed and all his baggage he didn't need to put him out there four times uh, but he did and it really it really put put a negative feeling in the air uh, this whole president's cup all
0: right you gave t- tiger a B minus i know you've got to run over there but let's leave the things on a more positive note what would you have given royal melbourne the golf course as a grade, if you had included it in your, uh, in your column here? Well, just a plus plus, I mean, it's
1: not Royal Melbourne's fault that it the modern game has overwhelmed it. I mean, you know, guys at nine irons in the par fives, like that was, that's dispiriting and it takes away some of the fun, um, of how, you know, if you're hitting a four iron into some of those greens, how you really have to run it up and, and use the, the trajectory versus just drop it in a, you know, a short iron, but nevertheless, it was, it was, Spectacular! It Look, it was just gorgeous on TV. The way the ball was rolling—I I had it on the telecast—and one of my daughters was just watching for a few minutes. And someone hit it a little, a little too long. Not only did the ball roll over the green it accelerated and rolled about 50 yards. She's like, "Wow, what just yeah. happened?" Like, you know, she, she sees a little golf on TV, but even for for not really an avid spectator, she could. There was some energy there she picked up on immediately, which I thought was interesting. And so. Yeah. Um, it was it was just so fun to see that golf course, and of course I'd been there just uh, a month earlier and got to play it and and appreciate it through my eyes. But but to see the best players in the world navigate it and the shots they hit and the putts they hold, it was it was magic. And uh, I think we can all agree we need we need more big time events there, WGCs um, and anything else we can think of because it it really it's it's better than Augusta National and it's more fun than Augusta national. And, and I would, I would like to see Royal Melbourne host a big time event way more
0: often, including the Australian open, which
1: is a great tournament, but, um, you know, other, other things that that attract more international players, that it's just a, a necessity.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just remains this truism that watching the ball moving on the ground, running away, running into trouble, you know, good things happening to some shots, bad things happening to others. It remains just a, a more entertaining style of golf, um, to watch but let's leave it there because i know that you are running to catch a flight uh, we will stay tuned for whatever secret project you're currently working on uh, but thanks <laughs> shippy all right thanks for having me go drop zone I'm michael bamberger you are officially uh coming live on the drop zone
2: all right where, where are your other sidekicks
0: uh so Sean Zock is back home in Wisconsin uh, for the holiday. Oh, good for him. And uh, I actually just talked to your other colleague, Alan Shipnook, for about uh, 20 minutes. So I thought we'd put them together, make a little sandwich pod. You've covered a number of President's Cups. You have been to a number of President's Cups. You were not in attendance at this one. But I'm curious about your impressions watching because... Look, if you told me that the U.S. was going to win, obviously not a huge shocker, but the way it went down was more intriguing than I think we would have guessed.
2: Right. Uh, and uh, I think we were both thinking that it was going to be close all along, and uh, I thought the internationals would win because I thought the jet lag uh, and the uh, and the peculiar nature of that Royal Melbourne course would just be uh, uh, too much for the Americans coming in late as they were and... Uh, and I think Paul Eisinger's observation with that given him, given him, give give these guys 4 days and they're going to get over jet lag and they're going to figure out the course I think that was a uh, that was a very telling one but then there was and I know people are tired of this but I think it's very significant that Pat Reed wrinkle is very very mm-hmm. significant because he you know many would say he flat out cheated uh it, 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 in that Bahamas event and now he's on your team and you've got you're you're the team captain. You're Tiger Woods. You're Webb Simpson. You've agreed to play with him. You can't to use a phrase throw him under a bus. You've got to do you've got to embrace mm-hmm. him, even though even though every last person on the team, if you gave him truth serum, would say it's repulsive what he did in that trap. It's so antithetical to everything that golf stands for. And yet this guy's one of your 12 guys, and not only that, he's a big presence with a big personality. So you're balancing that. It's a very significant factor, I think, uh, uh, in this victory, and uh, it's a credit to a lot of things, you know, the skill of the golfers. Uh, but I think, first and foremost, uh, it's a credit to to Tiger in a new area for him of management of other people, uh, and uh, and he did it beautifully.
0: I couldn't get over how much he seems to enjoy, you know, having the earpiece in hands in his pockets of his, you know, jacket kind of strutting around and seeing what's going on. What were your impressions of tiger, the captain? Obviously we've seen him, you know, be a vice captain before, but this was something different.
2: He looks great. You know, he's got that, uh, the zippers halfway down, you can see a little bit of shirt and he wears, you know, he's never playing with that ear thing, uh, Rob puts it in his ear for him, and it's you know, it doesn't fall out, you know, like it does for for a lot of captains. And he looks like he knows what he's doing and he uh and he does know what he's doing. I mean Tiger Woods is a highly competent person. He's not gonna do something and not be good at it. He doesn't make fun of himself, particularly every once in a while he does. Uh, but I was deeply impressed, and I think there's a level here, and I'd like to hear your opinion about this. But Tiger's an only child, like Rory's an only child, like Nick Valdo is, like I think Justin Thomas is, uh, and uh, and only children miss out on something, and one of the things they miss out on is the give and take of being uh, uh, a sibling. Of course, you know he had uh, half brothers and sisters, uh, but he never he never knew them or didn't grow up with them and uh and then he was such a guarded personality for so long because he was trying to beat Davis Love and Phil Mickelson and all these other guys and now this generation has come up that is far younger than he and uh and they're almost like his kid brothers and uh you can see it in the way he responds to them and you can see the joy he takes of being the big brother and uh mm-hmm. almost half a father but mostly big brother and uh you know, it's part of the remarkable uh, evolution of the man. I think it's been very exciting to see. Now, what, what, how about yourself, Don? What are your impressions of, of Tiger the Captain?
0: Well, my impressions were it was in some ways hard to separate uh, during certain points Tiger the player from Tiger the captain. It, then it became very easy to separate it. But the first couple days, I was really struck by, okay, once things are going poorly, this U.S. team suddenly there's not a lot of identity on the team. And the exception to that is Tiger Woods and it is Justin Thomas. Uh, Thomas in terms of the, that younger generation of players, but then Tiger, you know, obviously being the leader and the captain and and the, the greatest, you know, arguably of all time. Um, but I, I was just struck by, okay, Tiger's really holding this thing together because yeah, you have a lot of great players, but you don't necessarily have cohesion or anything like that and I think I do think the Patrick Reed thing it just kept getting bigger and bigger and it I was saying this to Alan I don't remember you know us having such anticipation for something in in a negative way and then that thing somehow exceeding our expectations I mean the, you mean you thought you were gonna be bad to, and
2: turned out to be worse is that what you're saying exactly well that is true that is true because there
0: was no contrition. well he he went oh and three he was he was unapologetic his caddy shoved a fan and and was even more unapologetic about that basically incriminated himself in a statement and said he you know got pissed and hauled off and hit a guy from the sounds of it um that part of it was a disaster. Anyway, this started off as a thought about Tiger Woods. Patrick Reed put Tiger in a very interesting spot, and I think in, that was one of the one of the more compelling subplots was how the entire U.S. team was going to handle that.
2: No question. Patrick Reed put Tiger Woods in such a bad spot here, and it took all the group, Tiger Woods, and the 10 other players uh, to, to overcome it uh because of uh, all the all the reasons you decided because there was no contrition uh he he because he, because he made a bad situation worse i mean the first thing any child learns is to take a bad situation and try to make it right he made it he made it harder and harder for tiger so they uh so that they they all really did rally around tiger and they had uh and they had the golf skill to do it. I mean, you hear that a lot that, you know, players want to play for their captain and it's ridiculous. You know, you, you played team golf at, uh, at Williams and, you know, I don't know what your relationship was with you to the coach, but I'm sure you don't want to let your coach mm-hmm. down. You don't want to let your teammates down. But at the end of the day, you've got a, you've got a golf skill and you can only do what that golf skill will allow you to do. So it's easy to overdo this. But on the other hand, we have so few opportunities to do it in golf, uh, to really see how people respond. And of course the, that so then we watch the shots and the shots are very interesting, but the shots in singles are really just a guy in his golf ball. But then we get to see the shots of of the reaction, you know, and uh and there's coochers and there's you know, there's Freds, Fred couples, and there is lots of different ones. But one of the most interesting ones to me was how unbelievably reserved and appropriate Tiger was in that interview with Steve Sands. But then but then when he got away, you mm-hmm. know, from you know, the focuses on me and I've got to represent the team and the culture of what it means to be a team captain. But then when we was with uh, Fred uh uh a minute later, he couldn't the glee mm-hmm. was uncontainable. And uh and you could see how much it means to Tiger Woods to be on a team. Mm-hmm. Just to be on a team. And he's been on teams you could say he's been on teams, you know, since the late what, nineties, uh uh, certainly uh, uh, at the Country Club uh, for for Crenshaw's uh, uh, famous team there, um, but uh, but I don't recall him ever being on a team like this. Years ago, uh, he actually said this uh, directly to me. Uh, I was asking about his so-called indifference uh, to to team play and Ryder Cup mm-hmm. play, and he says to me, uh, and he says to me, uh, how what, what was Jack's record uh, in uh, in Ryder Cup play? And I said, I don't know. And he said, "That's my point. <laughs>
0: That's very interesting. And, uh,
2: yeah, that was yeah, that was telling. Uh, uh, but now he realizes at 43, nearly 44, that there's more to this world than just achieving records, and uh, it's 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 thrilling to see."
0: Well, what struck me in his reaction um, was just the investment that he had clearly made. You know, investment of time and attention, but definitely emotional investment, and. For him, the idea of losing this thing after all that investment must have been crushing. Uh, I mean, I I think it must have really been weighing on him, and you just saw it was a feeling of relief, it, which reminded me, I, I was struck by the feeling of relief when he won the, the Masters last year, too. That seemed like the overwhelming emotion. And this guy just invests so deeply in things. He clearly cared so much about winning this cup, even though being a captain, you know, everything is largely out of your control. There's only so many levers you can really pull. Um, but yeah, it clearly meant a lot to him. One moment I wanted to ask you about is when he and Ernie Els were going back and forth, hopefully you didn't stay up uh, to watch the the picks Saturday night. This happened probably at about 3 a.m. your time. But Tiger was asked about the crowds, and he clearly had a message that he wanted to deliver Uh, That the crowd, he didn't want the crowds going over the top. He wanted everything to be respectful. He didn't want people giving Patrick Reed a hard time. And it really felt like, you know, he he was giving the answer that he wanted to give, regardless of what the question was. And then Ernie Ellis came back at him and, and said, you know, look, the crowds in New York were worse than this. Whenever we're on the road, we get, you know, we get grief we deal with it, we move on, we don't complain about it. It felt like both guys were saying the exact correct thing for their roles, but it it also felt like the main moment of sparring and jostling between the two captains.
2: Yeah, I did pick up on that in the transcript. I didn't, I didn't actually uh, see it. And Dylan, what was your impression uh, at Liberty National in 2017 in terms of how the crowd was, was responding?
0: Well, these Saturdays tend to be the days where I think things get taken to the next level because it is Saturday because you know people are drinking people are making a really a full day out of it by the time Sunday rolls around people have the you know the work week at the forefront of their minds so it seems like Saturday uh, well Saturday at Liberty National the U.S. was rolling it looked like they might win the whole thing and and certainly there was some uh, derision but my impression wasn't it wasn't you know like Beth Page this summer felt far more out of control than liberty national that was my that's right. my memory of it at least
2: right i don't recall saturday i may not have been there on saturday but but sunday was was you know it it wasn't competitive at all but by mm-hmm. that point really at any point uh so i didn't really know what ernie was talking about but you know as is often the case in these things is there are the words that come out of their mouth and then what does it actually mean and i think ernie you know who handles himself in public uh, uh very well i think he uh and very appropriately always but uh i think there are a lot of conflicting feelings that he has uh, uh for tiger uh i think i think there have been times of real antipathy uh mm-hmm. on ernie's part uh, uh for tiger and what those are exactly today i wouldn't i wouldn't be uh, at all qualified to say but I think some of that was was coming out, and some of it was, uh, some of it's so beyond anybody's control. I mean, he spent the prime of his career answering a lot of questions about uh, about Tiger's greatness, mm-hmm. and what he'd really like to say is, if I could make 10 footers as reliably as this guy, you know, I'd be nearly as good because a, a lot of guys uh, uh, could say about it. and there wasn't really anything Tiger could do with the golf ball that Ernie couldn't do. And yet, uh, you know, Tiger had the, had the 14 and Ernie's got what the four, uh, so I think there was, I think there, I think you picked up on a very, uh, on a very interesting moment. And I think Tiger has a very deep understanding of his presence, uh, that he could say one thing in a press conference and it might actually, uh, uh, influence, uh, uh, some people, um, mm-hmm so that was uh yeah that 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 was a very uh, telling moment that, that you've picked up on I that. did
0: feel for Ernie because in some ways this was you know microcosmic of his career long relationship with Tiger you know he he's, he's yeah. putting up a fight close but no cigar close but no cigar just not not working with the same talent that Tiger was in this case the loaded US team versus I mean when that singles lineup came out and you really look at the one on one matchups it just doesn't look good for the uh the guys in yellow or gray or green or whatever the internationals colors really are.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, you know that, that's true. And, you know, just to get back to Dylan, something you said a, uh, a minute ago about, about relief. I think that was very insightful, Dylan, because I think, you know, we've, you've watched Tiger for years now and I've watched on his whole career, you know, going back to his amateur days. And uh, I think what you just said, I think, re- there's so much pressure on him to win, and I think there's he loves winning. He loves beating the other guy, but he almost hates losing more. Now, in this particular case, all there is is winning and losing. Well, there's a tie too, but that, you know, uh, but, but but leaving that aside. Now he was under a lot of pressure here because Hero, the, his sponsor of his event, the week before this big international event. Did not want to change that date, and he and the, you know I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know they did not want to change the mm-hmm. date. They, you know they changed it by one day, but that's nothing. But it wasn't like they moved it two weeks or just said, well, let's not have it this year, so you can focus on your, on your on your President's Cup. So there right. was a lot, a uh, personally at stake. It's like, oh man, am I have I been so selfish here that, uh, that I insisted on having this this uh, this uh, hero than the Bahamas and then haul ourselves to the other side of the world for, for this thing, you know, with no sleep. Uh, uh, it, have I asked for too much? So, so I think there was a tremendous uh, 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 sense of relief. I think you've picked up on something very important there, but also just just one quick thought about is Matt Kuchar made a very interesting comment when he said, you know, we had these two weeks together, two weeks, you know, look if you and mm-hmm. and uh, and Sean and and, and Shipnik and I went off on a, uh, on a golfing trip for two weeks, you know, we, we have, yeah. we have, you know, we have great relationships now, but imagine how much they would be enriched by, you know, nothing but golf for two, nothing but golf and meals together and, and talking about our lives and where we mm-hmm. are now and where we've been, and where we want to be for two weeks. You don't get that in real life. And they, and, uh, and they did get the gift of that. And I think, uh, Kuchar picked up on that. And I think that's a, uh, insightful to say the least.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't in Australia, but I I did spend that week in the Bahamas uh, with these guys. And that was the most striking part about it is it was just two-thirds President's Cuppers. You know, there was some family there. Obviously, then they spent their entire flight together. They're going to be on a come down now after spending all that time together. Uh, and one curiosity in that regard is what happens with... Patrick Reed now because this is not a story that's going away obviously it speaks to bigger things in the game of golf you know issues of cheating what what the penalty will be if any going forward with his caddy and it's it must affect his relationships just in general on tour
2: I know and and I think it even affects uh, Jordan Spieth as well in a weird way because now I'm a Jordan Spethophile and uh, I imagine mm-hmm. I think you are as well, Dylan. And uh, I mean, he really got passed and repassed here. You know, once Brooks wasn't on the team, and then he had another pick. Tiger did. and He picked what uh, Rick Fowler, as he calls him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what he. Did, I don't know what Tiger would do with uh, with your name. You can't say Dylaney, Dills. I guess you become Dills. <laughs> but anyway, it's interesting. When Ricky Fowler becomes Rick uh, uh, with him. But uh, but for Jordan Spieth who's, my wife doesn't like when I use this word, but he's so classy and appropriate and so much has the correct team spirit and would have been such a perfect 12th man for this team. And then you got Patrick Reed uh, instead, and uh, and he's a lone wolf, and he's really not part of, of the team spirit. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very troubling thing. Uh, and the fact is, well, I shouldn't say the fact. The inference is, you know, I think they say if you, if, if uh, I think a state trooper would you know, or people studied this kind of thing would, would tell you that guy gets pulled over for drunk driving, person gets pulled over for drunk driving. Well, there's been eight other episodes of drunk driving, and Chile gets caught. You know that that would be mm-hmm. r- roughly statistical analysis. It's very unlikely. I'm not talking about Patrick Reed specifically here because that would be unfair. But it's very unlikely that someone gets caught flagrantly breaking the rules and it's a one-time thing so now here's this guy who could be having a hall of fame career who has a standing invitation for dinner on the first tuesday night of april for the rest of his life with tiger woods and bob golby and jack nicholas and you know and all these other you know uh grand names of golf uh for the rest of his life and uh And he's got this episode uh, on him. Um, It's really, I think it's serious for Patrick Reed. I think it's serious for Jay Monahan and the PJ Tour as well, because uh, Mm -hmm. you cannot have a culture in golf of catch me if you can, and if you do catch me, here's the worst part, maybe catch me if you can. That's not golf. And then if you do catch him, I'm not even embarrassed about
0: it. No, and, and to sort of tell the viewers you didn't really see what you saw. <laughs> that's the I mean that's the world we live in now, I guess. My question though is, do you think do you think his peers care in in, in their own golfing lives do they? Well, is this a big deal to them? Does this feel like, you know, this is this is an affront
2: the fact that they don't know that they can trust this guy—if that is that yeah. a big deal or not—I I don't know how it couldn't be because uh, anybody who's not playing by the rules is essentially stealing from the rest of the field. They're stealing from us, the public, because you know we're both baseball fans. If you watch Sammy Sosa, uh, you know, uh, hit a home run, you know, when you were a kid, say, and playing baseball yourself and you don't know that he's got you, – you assume he's got a wooden bat and he's actually got a cork bat, then we don't really know what we're watching. So uh, so any time a guy wins a tournament, he signs a card, and we assume this guy has played by the same rules as everybody else, but it turns out he hasn't, uh, or we don't know whether he has or not, uh, that defiles the entire mm-hmm. game. So I don't know how to, – to answer your question, Dylan, I don't know how anybody could not be really concerned – about uh, ab- about the act here they're gonna have to watch patrick reed more carefully and they're gonna have to watch each other more carefully because we the public have to have weak people to use that phrase from uh, australia but we, we we the golfing public who support this game and pay their salaries by buying you know all the all the products that they're selling um depend on believing mm-hmm. those scores
0: well what do you think the one what made me ask the question was really this video of Justin Thomas in a practice round that I don't know if you saw it, but he was in a, he was in a bunker and you know, he he was sort of poking fun at Patrick Reed. He would, he did the thing where he dug the sand out from behind the ball. And he said, you know, P Reed, is this how you do, how you do it or whatever he said. But the whole thing, I think rubbed some people the wrong way because to the viewers, it looked like, Oh, these guys are just yucking it up you know, JT's fine with it. He's over it, whatever. It's, it's no big deal.
2: Well, that's interesting. Uh, now, is there any other way to read that Justin Thomas uh, clip? In other words, that, you know, sometimes you use, you know, humor, what mm-hmm. passes for humor, what's intended to be uh humorous to actually, uh, try to say something really, uh, that's deeper, more truthful. Could, could there, would that be over reading it or, or could there be something? I think th-
0: there it? definitely could be that. I mean, Justin Thomas is definitely somebody that, uh, He's not afraid to take shots in maybe a lighthearted way with with some deeper truth to it.
2: Yeah, I mean that that would be my that would be my rough interpretation. I don't know otherwise why you would even mm-hmm. uh, bothering that, but uh, but to but but to turn to turn an episode like that into a joke, uh, there, I would think there would have to be something else going on because it's not a joke. It's the whole basis of what makes the thing work. As you were just saying, with earlier, with Patrick Reed's response to his own situation, was sort of proof of "catch me if you can." They did catch me, but even even if he caught me, I'm still saying, "Well, you know, I'll do what I want to do. You just have to catch me this time." And that's that's troubling. So I think there's well, not a big big issue here.
0: My feeling is this: that a lot of golf's honor system and where that comes from is the fact that. There's no way to monitor what everybody is doing at all times. So the the whole sport just breaks down if you're not calling fouls on yourself. But in the professional game now, there's so much Big Brother. There are so many cameras that you almost don't need it as much. That Big Brother thing is very real. It becomes more similar to the NFL or the NBA where look, you can go to instant replay, you can see just about every shot that anyone hit at a given moment, and even, you know, where they took a drop, what they did in a bunker, so I think that it sort of is a natural shift towards, okay, now you're watching, trying to catch me, the onus is no longer on me as a player to, you know, police myself. I mean, in other sports, it's part of it, it's accepted that, you know, a guy's not going to He's, he doesn't want to get called for pass interference. He doesn't think the ball went out on him. He's going to act accordingly, you know, no matter what the reality is. And this just feels like I think the cameras in golf being everywhere, I think, make that more possible.
2: That's all very well said. Uh, and those every other major sport that, you know, that we watch and that we grew up uh, playing does start with a cultural starting point of catch me if you can. And now you want to make the case, well, you can bring that to golf because there's so many more cameras out there. And let's say for Augusta, it's almost true. You know, almost the 100-odd players in the field, almost every single shot is recorded, and you could sort of watch it. But, and this is a very significant, but it's really not true because a million things can happen. Uh, First off, there's Thursday, Friday, and 156-man field. 98% 98% of those shots are not being recorded in any way. And then you've got all the weird things that happen. Guys in the woods, did that ball move? Nobody's around there. You know, right. you're over that ball. Did that ball move or not? So, uh, yes, Patrick Reed may have the feeling of, oh, I'm being watched like a hawk the whole time, so catch me if you can. But it's really not It's it, it's really not the case. And it will never be the case because the playing field's too big and there's too many people playing. Yeah. But I do no, think I mean, guys are going to watch Patrick Reed more carefully and 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 correctly so.
0: Well, and I think he's going to you know walk on eggshells at least when he when he walks into a uh waste area. But we don't know that. I mean, we don't I mean,
2: know what this guy, is. we really don't we really I hope you're right, but but we don't really know. And we don't really know where he's been. I think that is also yeah. a very troubling part. You know, we can all look up his record. It's right there on the internet every single Look He's shot. He's he's played thousands and thousands of shots in his career already, and and the simple fact is right now we don't know how reliably he has self-reported his own golf. And uh, you know that I looked this up, or help, or Gus National helped me out this. Um, and you've played a lot more. Well, I haven't played any competitive golf, but but tell me, Dylan, in, in your more recent golf experience, do you still see the word attest on the scorecards?
0: A test. Well, are you, are yeah, you familiar with that word? Yeah, there's the marker and the it's marker, and then I think it says a test. Yeah.
2: Well, it does sometimes, but it doesn't other times. And Augusta National is a very powerful word, of course. A test, you know, it's biblical and it's you know it it's it's origins, not origins, but and it's used for sure. Uh, but it, you know, you know, when I was first learning about golf. That was like, this is your moment to make sure you've got it right. And that moment in the scorer's room was sacred to gather your thoughts and say, you know, did you move the ball back uh, when you're on the 13th green? Did that ball move in the woods? Um, were you carrying 15 clubs and didn't tell anybody? Um, attest to what you're going uh, to what you're gonna do here, that this is an actual truthful accounting of what, you, what you've done. Um mm-hmm. and, and it so happens that Augusta National, I don't know if it's true elsewhere, they don't have that word on the scorecard anymore. But I but I know, you know, if you go from just one course to another, you'll see a lot of scorecards with that word. The word itself is not that important, the, the what or important at all. But what is important is uh the act behind it. Are you gonna have that scorecard in your hand? Forget about cameras and anything else. Are you going to hand in a truthful scorecard? And by the way, EF Hutton, there's no EF Hutton anymore, but you know, JP Morgan and all these other uh, sponsors that spend millions and millions of dollars sponsoring the PJ Tour, that's what they're that's what they're betting on is the uh that's why they wanna be uh partners with the PJ Tour is because 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 there's so much credibility from the golfers. And if you, you lose, lose that, they're gonna they're 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 going down a very, very dangerous path in my opinion.
0: Well, and I've, I've been down this uh, internet rabbit hole of seeing, you know, there's little grainy clips from the past of it, Reed doing something similar in 2015. There's a couple of clips of, you know, he seems like he may have a habit of, uh, of putting his club down behind his ball in a way that improves his lie. There's a, a clip from, I think, 2016, the Northern Trust – where Peter Costas is out on the course with him, goes over, sees Reed's lie. Reed pulls out a uh, an iron as if he's going to lay up on this par five. And then the, on the broadcast, Costas says, well, you know, he just put the iron behind the ball four or five times. And then he pulls out three wood. And Costas says, I mean, the lie that I saw, you would not be able to hit a three wood from that lie. So anyway, I mean, there's... It's, it can be dangerous to <laughs> just go down these rabbit holes, but it it feels like this is maybe something this guy has done and maybe he just, you know, the most charitable way to look at it would be he just needed this one-time call-out and now he'll realize, you know, oh, this is a thing I was doing. I didn't totally realize I was doing it. Now I won't do it anymore. Certainly that has not been his public-facing approach, though.
2: Right, And 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 also I think, you know, he's a he's a very famous golfer who's being uh, uh scrutinized uh there are hundreds of other players out there you know on on the, the minor tours and the and of course the the pj tour and the lpj in, in europe and all you know thousands of golfers all over the world and um and he can't be the only one uh you know now you've described one fudged by and we know about the other one in the uh uh you know in the trap in the waste area at uh in the Bahamas, uh, they're not one-offs. Uh, so golf's gotta, got a golf's got to double down on its commitment to, uh, to the rules. I asked Chamblee about this the other day. I said, do you, you, know, from, from your day to today, do you think golfers are more fastidious, more casual about playing by the rules of golf? And, mm-hmm. uh, and Brando said they're more nervous, uh, well, that's very, that, you know, that's, that's very telling. And you, you shouldn't be nervous about playing by the rules of golf. You should simply play by the rules of golf. It's like, uh, you know, if you, if you've done your taxes the right way, you know, ugh, I mean, nobody wants to pay their legitimate tax, but the fact is, yeah. if you don't pay your legitimate tax, you've broken the law and, uh, and you, you know, you're subject to all sorts of penalties and and, and problems. Now on the other, on the other side, if you If you just know you've done your taxes right and you've signed your taxes and you send it in, you're not worried about a thing you might hate it everyone hates it yeah. but you're not worried uh mm-hmm. and and uh and the same should be true uh the same should be true on the PJ tour And the games the game's really uh in an interesting place and uh and tiger i mean let's just speak for one quick minute here to end on a on a happier note. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I was gonna actually. I have two questions for you. But
2: well, how about Dylan? As a good player, I would just like to get your feeling on this. Yeah. How about the balance of those Tiger Woods iron swings?
0: I think he's abandoned the idea of keeping up with the other guys, and I think that that's been really helpful. He's he's not worried if he's hitting five iron and you know someone else is hitting seven iron and so he's, he's surgical with these iron shots. The tempo is amazing. Uh, and he looks just so in rhythm and you know, the thing always with him was, uh, distance control, yardage control, being able to flag your irons. I mean, every golfer knows if you hit it pin high, Look, you can hit it ten feet left, ten feet right. You've only got ten feet left. What Tiger's always done is controlled the length his golf ball goes, and I think he's doing that just so well right now.
2: that's very well said it's it's it uh i I agree with all that there's
0: absolutely – in his driver, I think there's still some some
2: hit to it, but with those irons, every last iron he hit, there was just a swing, just no hit just the just the just the swing uh. And and the speed of the swing is astonishing as well, but it's got so much balance and so and so much rhythm. Yeah, that's all very true.
0: Two last questions: Was there anything you saw from the entire week that uh, that surprised you at the President's Cup?
2: Well, I was surprised that people were surprised that Tiger sat himself uh, for Saturday. I mean, that's his thing; he can't play when it's when it's dang cold, rainy uh, like that, and it takes it's, You know, one thing that we've all picked up on from from his own comments. Is it takes a tremendous amount of, of, of time for him just to get his body ready to play around the golf, uh, you know? And that Saturday was the busiest captaining day of the four days by far, because he, you know, he, the guys are out there all, all day long. Uh, so i was surprised that people are surprised that Tiger sat himself for Saturday. But I thought he, I thought he was saving himself for Sunday, which was going to be important, and he was going to be a better captain uh, than he would be a player that day uh, because those conditions don't. Uh, lend itself to his good golf so I was I was surprised by
0: that how about how about you I was I was surprised in the moment but then thinking about it it's like okay well if he didn't if he didn't play the morning session so that he could captain you know there's no time for him to warm up for the afternoon session It, it wouldn't have the mechanics of it just don't work out there's maybe 30 minutes in between making picks and and teeing off so Really, it just wouldn't have worked out as long as he wanted to actively be a captain. Um,
2: exactly. He doesn't warm up like you and I do. You and I can show up you know, in the car park and go to the first scene and go play. He needs three yeah. hours.
0: Yeah. Well, and then my last question, Michael, and where we'll leave this, is how will you remember this President's Cup? What will be your enduring image from this week? How will you think about it later on? Well,
2: I think that, you know I've, I, I, that might that might change over time, but right now, because I've just found myself thinking about Tiger a lot this year, is that uh, you know this caps off the great you know Tiger Woods has been one of the most electrifying figures in the culture of sports since he emerged on the scene as a teenager. And Now he is at 43, about to turn 44, and he's just wrapped up. I would say the most interesting year in his golfing life between uh, the masters win, the Japan win and the president's cup. And, and some of the side things, you know, traveling to Thailand with his kids and his, and his mother and, and other things. And just to see we've, we've, you know, if you're my age, you've seen this guy's life unfold and to see him enter this period of adulthood late, but, Better late than never. That, that that's the that's what I take most from it. How about yourself?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think his his reaction definitely sticks with me. The way he showed how much he cared about, you know, it's the President's Cup. It it's it's no one has mistaken the President's Cup for the Ryder Cup, but certainly this was an event where he was the captain. He was the player. He took both of those roles extremely seriously, and you could just see the relief. You know, the joy, the excitement, um, and the bond also with the rest of his team, which I think in the past has, some of that has been for show. Tiger actually now genuinely does seem to be friends with these guys um, and in a more meaningful way. I mean, there's no way for us to really know, but, but to the eye, it looks like he's friends with these guys in a more meaningful way. I feel like a lot of that came through just in the way he celebrated when the team won, uh, not just when he won his match. Right. Uh, but really, your answer is the correct one and, and where we should leave this. So thanks so much, Michael. No, no. There's no, there's no
2: correct answer. It's fun, Dylan. Thanks thanks so much. Thanks for, uh, for all the good writing you did, and I uh, hope you catch up on your sleeper.
0: That's going to do it for us this week in the Drop Zone. I hope you guys enjoyed those conversations half as much as I did. Alan and Michael, two of the absolute best in the game. If you'd leave us a review, leave us a rating, that would be fantastic, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Until next week, this is Dylan DeCher, and thank you for listening to The Drop Zone.